Welcome to Goop Tales, episode 35. Yelcom and the snowy land of the midnight sun. I'm Maria Calancini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. And in today's episode, we are going to travel to a fiction fantasy land of the midnight sun. And the little goop Yelcom finds his way there because he loves to yell. What happens in the land of the midnight sun? You'll just have to listen and find out who he meets along the way. And stay tuned at the end of the story, and I will tell you how you can see all of the photos that go with this story. So enjoy Yelcom and the Snowy Land of the Midnight Sun, and I will see you on the other side. Young Yelcom was a merry boy who filled his sister's heart with joy, for he would always give her half of all his goodies with a laugh. Yet I prefer mild-mannered boys who do not make such awful noise. Chapter 1 Once upon a time, there was a raucous yet merry little goop boy named Yelcom. No matter where he went, everyone knew that Yelcom was coming. Noise seemed to follow him. Or maybe he followed noise. Or maybe he just made the noise. He carried around a little shovel, and he would bang it on walls and yell out as he went along. He would call out at the top of his lungs for no reason other than to say, It's raining today! But he would yell so loudly, all of Goop World could hear him coming. Yelcom never meant to disturb anyone, but he couldn't seem to help himself. He had a noisy nature. Most of the other Goops didn't want to play hide-and-seek with him because they knew he would make way too much noise and give away the best hiding spots. His good Goop friend, Shoutin, didn't mind playing with Yelcom because she would just shout right over him. Whenever Shoutin and Yelcom had a play date, they made sure that it was far, far away from home and the rest of the goops. That way, they could make all the noise they wanted without getting in trouble. One day, Yelcom was reading a book on the history of Goop World, and he learned about a place he had never heard of before. It was called Tingle Falls. The book said that Tingle Falls was very sensitive to sound and that the water would change color depending on the nearby sounds. Yelcom was immediately intrigued by Tingle Falls. He definitely knew how to make sounds and loads of noise. He began to imagine the waterfalls lighting up as he yelled and banged his little shovel. He decided that he was going to Tingle Falls. And then he read that it was very far away. But this made Yelcom even more determined. He loved faraway places because that meant that he could make as much noise as he wanted. He immediately made plans with Shoutin to visit Tingle Falls. Yelcom and Shoutin set out very early the next morning 
in order to make it to Tingle Falls by lunchtime. As they walked along, Xiaoting used her little bullhorn to sing out, Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Yelkum laughed and clapped and said, <laughs> Sing it again! No, please don't. It's still before sunrise. A sleepy little voice called out. Xiaoting and Yelkum stopped and looked around. Who said that? whispered Xiaoting. I knew you could speak in a whisper. That's much better, said the voice again. Both Yelkum and Xiaoting swiveled their heads around to see a small squirrel on a tree branch above them. Yelkum was just about to yell out, Good morning! when the squirrel put her finger to her mouth and shook her head no. Usually, Yelkum ignored such warnings, but for some reason, he listened to the squirrel. Then the squirrel whispered, The porcupine family has been out all night. They will be coming home now. I don't think you want to run into them. Make your way to Tingle Falls in silence. That is where you are headed, right? asked the squirrel. Both Shoutin and Yelkum nodded without saying a word and continued forward in silence in order to avoid any chance of running into the porcupine family. They finally reached the glorious Tingle Falls at lunchtime. The falls were composed of enormous rocks that sprouted from the earth in the middle of nowhere. Water flowed over the rocks, but it was impossible to tell where it sprang from. Xiaoting climbed up a nearby rock, put her little bullhorn to her mouth, and shouted, I'm queen of the world! The falls glowed a golden yellow, and Xiaoting smiled. She had done it. She changed the color of the falls with her voice. Yelkum was certainly not going to be outdone, so he immediately followed her and called out, I'm the king of the world! As he yelled, the water ran even faster and drowned out his yelling, so he yelled louder, I'm the king of the world! The falls didn't change color. Shoutin started to laugh as Yelkum grew even more determined to change the color of the falls. He shouted again and again, and this time so loudly that the falls turned bright red. They glowed as the water started to run even faster. Shoutin sensed something was wrong, and she backed away. Yelkum was so caught up in the power of his voice that he shouted even louder as he whacked his shovel against the rocks. I'm the king of the world! This time, flames leaped from the falls. They crackled into the night sky right towards Yelkum. Yelkum watched in horror as a flying ball of fire came his way, and he had no choice but to dive right into the falls, where he immediately disappeared. Deep, deep, deep underwater, yelling all the way. Chapter 2 But I'm the king of the world! Yelkum called out as his voice was muffled by the water. He looked around 
and all he saw was crystal blue water in every direction. No one was there to hear him, and the water was cold and icy. He swam upwards, up, up, and up he went, until he hid his head on the bottom of an iceberg. Ouch! He yelled out, and the iceberg cracked a tiny bit. Yelkum stared at the crack, and this time he called out even louder. Get me out of here! And again, there was a tiny crack in the iceberg. Yelkum lifted up his shovel and whacked it against the iceberg. But it was like trying to use a hammer to take down a skyscraper. Nothing happened. That will never work, my friend. An iceberg can't be forced, but it can be cracked. Yelkum turned around and came eyeball to eyeball with a baby beluga whale. The baby beluga twisted her head around and quickly scanned the water. No one was in sight. Then she turned and whispered to Yelkum, My name is Blanche, and guess what? Um, I don't know. What? answered Yelkum. I know how to crack the iceberg wide open, said Blanche. You do? How? What's inside? asked Yelkum. Well, I've never done it myself, but I've seen a polar bear do it. He comes during the full moon at midnight, and he cracks open the iceberg, and then he disappears inside. Yelkum pondered the idea of a disappearing polar bear and a secret entry inside the iceberg. It was all very intriguing. And now he wanted to discover the secret inside the iceberg. He lifted up his shovel to whack the iceberg again. Blanche glared at him without saying a word, and Yelkum lowered his shovel. So you want to go in? So do I. But we need to be wise about this. Once I heard my father say, in a battle of power versus force, power will always win. We need to find our power and use it. Yelkum lifted his shovel to strike the iceberg again. Blanche rolled her eyes. That is force, and I promise it won't work. Do you really think you can crack the iceberg with your little shovel? She asked. Well, what am I supposed to do then? It will be days before another full moon, said Yelkum. I know. I know, said Blanche as she started to whistle. What are you doing? asked Yelkum. Oh, I just like to whistle sometimes. It calms me down, and then I can think, she said. Blanche kept whistling, and Yelkum whistled back at her. Their back-and-forth whistling turned into a beautiful underwater symphony. They were having a marvelous time enjoying their sounds and singing back and forth when the iceberg suddenly cracked open. It was just a tiny crack, but it grew, and soon it was wide enough for Blanche to slide through. She twisted her head, looked at Yelkum, and said, Come on, now's our chance, as she swam up the iceberg crack. Yelkum grabbed onto her tail just in the nick of time, and they both disappeared deep, deep into the iceberg. 
Chapter 3 Yelcom held on tight as Blanche swam through walls of ice until they finally emerged through the water with a splash. They were right at the entry to a giant ice cave. There were thick icicles hanging from the ceiling and a glassy ice floor. Yelcom climbed up Blanche's back and hopped on the ice. What is this place? he asked. I don't know. Maybe you should go explore while I wait here in the water, answered Blanche. Before Yelcom could answer, they heard a pointed voice say, Quickly now, come with me. No time to waste. She will send the white wolf soon. Come now. A small red fox had appeared from nowhere and was standing at the edge of the icy floor. Hurry now, he called out again as a wolf howled in the distance. Yelcom looked back at Blanche and said, I'll be back. Then he stepped off the ice and the landscape turned to snow-covered fields and Blanche and the ocean in which she swam vanished. A little chill ran down Yelcom's back and he whispered to himself, Power versus force. What? What's that you say? asked the red fox as he swiftly ran through the snow with Yelcom right behind him. Nothing, nothing. Where are we going? And where are we? asked Yelcom. You're in the land of the midnight sun. You don't belong here, this I know. But here you are. Follow me, come quickly. That wolf is fast. Yelcom didn't know what else to do. And he didn't like the sound of the wolf, so he ran after the little red fox with his shovel in tow. They ran silently through the snow without saying a word, until the sky turned a bright shade of fuchsia, and when it did, the fox finally stopped. Yelcom and the little red fox sat and caught their breath, until the fox said, I'm Rune. You see that pink sky? We're safe for now. And then Rune hopped up and jumped for joy as he was so delighted by the fuchsia sky. Yelcom called out, Hooray! Hooray! We're safe! Shh! hissed Rune. We won't be safe if you yell like that. Rune went on to explain that Yelcom had landed in the land of the midnight sun. It was a land that was ruled by a villainous snow queen named Adora and her white wolves, Alpha and Hunter. The only way into the land of the midnight sun was through sound. It was hidden deep inside an iceberg, and Adora didn't want visitors. She hated noise and wanted only silence and snow. All of the animals had learned to live in silence, until the sky turned fuchsia every night when Adora was sleeping. When she was awake, she heard everything, no matter where she was. Hunter and Alpha were instructed to capture all noisemakers and throw them into an icy dungeon where they would be silenced forever. Rune didn't want to go to the icy dungeon, and he didn't want Yalcum to go either. Yalcum, you will never last here. We have to find a way to get you back home. How did you get here? Asked Rune. 
Yalcum told Rune all about Blanche and the whistling sounds. That's it. You must have cracked a sound code that cracked open the iceberg. Adora fears sound more than anything. She doesn't want anyone else in her kingdom. She knows you cracked the code and that you're here. She won't stop until she finds you. She will be afraid that you can show others the way, said Rune. But I can't. I don't even know what code I cracked. I was just playing with Blanche. I can't make those sounds again without Blanche, Yelcom said as he looked at Rune in despair. Does this mean I can never go home? Let me try to whistle like Blanche. And before Rune could stop him, Yelcom let out the loudest whistle he could. The whistle was long and piercing, and it lingered in the cold air. Far away, Adora could be heard, saying, What is that piercing whistle? Who did that? Alpha? Hunter? Find him and bring him to me. (laughs) Chapter 4 Rune looked at Yelcom and then glanced up at the sky. The fuchsia had disappeared, and a dark gray color was quickly creeping over the land of the midnight sun. Yelcom wasn't one to wallow in regret, although he did regret his whistle, so he just whispered, What do we do now? Rune wasn't sure what to do next, but he told Yelcom to follow him to his secret foxhole. We will be safe for a little while, and we can figure out our next move. You're small, and you can fit. The wolves can't. Rune and Yelcom set off through the snow towards Rune's secret foxhole. Rune's family lived in a foxhole, but Rune couldn't risk going to his family home. He had dug several secret foxholes throughout the land of the Midnight Sun, so that he could use them for emergency escapes whenever necessary. He considered this moment an emergency. As Rune and Yelcom ran through the snow, they could hear the wolves' howls growing increasingly closer and closer. Rune led them through a snow-covered forest and up and over hills. Yelcom glanced behind him, and off in the distance, He could see Adora's castle, sitting high on a hillside, surrounded by snowy turrets. He was quite sure he could hear her laugh as she said, They will remain frozen forever. Yelcom ran even faster. Rune stopped in a clearing and began to poke around. What are you doing? asked Yelcom. I'm looking for my emergency foxhole. Everything is covered with snow, and I can't find it, replied Rune. The wolves howled even louder. Yelcom turned around and saw the wolves tearing across the field right for them. Ah, here it is, cried Rune, as his tail disappeared down the hole. Yelcom dove right in after him, and just in time. Hunter stood over the hole with heavy breath, trying to get in, but he was too big. Yelcom and Rune scurried down the foxhole, deep, deep underground, until they came to a little hollow spot at the end of the tunnel. 
What do we do now? asked Yelkum in an anxious voice. Rune had been thinking about next steps the entire time, because he knew that Alpha and Hunter would never leave the entry to the foxhole until they had caught Yelkum. We have to dig. We have to dig and dig until we find a way out. There is no other choice. We can't go back the way we came. The problem is, I don't know which way to dig. We need to get you back to Blanche, and I don't know how to do that, sighed Rune. Yelkum thought about all Rune had done for him and how he had risked his life, and he knew he had to come up with a solution. He closed his eyes and thought about power versus force for a moment, and then he exclaimed, I have an idea. I will whistle for Blanche, and if she hears me, she will come. It's the only thing I can think of. Let's both whistle. Rune thought that this was the strangest idea he had ever heard, but he couldn't think of anything else, so he agreed. Yelkum held up his hand and said, On the count of three, whistle as loud as you can. Normally, Rune would never whistle because it was far too risky, as a door would hear him but he was thrilled to have the chance and decided to let out the biggest whistle he had, the one he had been saving up his entire life. One, two, three, said Yelkum, as they both whistled longer and louder than they ever had in their entire lives. They whistled and whistled, and far off in her castle, Adora clapped her hands over her ears and screeched, Capture them! Alpha and Hunter howled at the piercing whistles coming from the foxhole. Then the ground beneath Yelkum's feet cracked a little, and then a little more. Look, he said as he pointed at the ground. The crack grew bigger, and then the earth split in two as the tip of an iceberg poked through. It grew even bigger as water began to surround the iceberg, and then, out of the water, popped Blanche. Yelkum was so happy, he ran over and gave Blanche a huge hug. She smiled and said, You called? with a little laugh. I did. I did. Can you take me back home? I can, and I can drop off your friend along the way, she said. So Rune and Yelkum hopped on Blanche's back, and off she sped through the water until she came to another iceberg. She whistled, and the ice cracked open to a field in the land of the midnight sun. Go now. Your family foxhole is not far, she said as Rune hopped off her back, waved goodbye to Yelkum, and ran back into the land of the rising sun. Blanche told Yelkum to sit on the blowhole at the back of her head. He climbed into place, and Blanche blew him off straight back to the waterfall in Goop World, where he landed with a splash. Yelkum grabbed his shovel and looked around. He was back just where he had left Shoutin, but she was nowhere to be found. Shoutin was lost in the limestone islands of Halong Bay, but that is a tale for another time. 
So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Goop Tales. And if you did, I would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave me a written review on Goop Tales. And to get there, you can go to the front page of gooptales.com and I have a box right there that will link you straight to iTunes where you can listen to this Goop Tales episode and all of the other episodes and you can leave a review. So those reviews are what keep me going and what allow me to get rankings for Goop Tales. So I would really be so appreciative and so grateful if you would do that. And if you would spread the word about Goop Tales to friends and family that you know would love it. So now you can go to gooptales.com forward slash episode 3535 and you can see all of the photos that go with this story in a flip photo book. And make sure and look for the tiny Yelkum that is hidden in every photo. Sometimes he's really hard to find and sometimes he's easier. You can also download the first half of this story and then I invite you to write your own story ending for Yelkum. And there's a submission box so you can submit it at Goop Tales to be published online for the rest of the world to read. So that's it for this episode. Oh, and one fun fact. I'm going to start adding in fun facts when I think about them because every single episode is inspired by real photos of real places in the world, even though sometimes they're fictional places, like today's story is a fictional land of the midnight sun. But a lot of times there, or most of the times, they're real places in the world. And I always get inspired by the world around us and photos from the world around us into places I've been and places I have yet to travel. And I research a lot of fun little facts for these stories. So today, Tingle Falls is just a fictionary place, if you will. And I created that name because Tingle means sound in Albanian. And since it is affected by sound in the story, that is how I chose chose the name for Tingle Falls. So that's the fun fact for this story. And I will see you next time where we take a journey with Shouting. So until then, make every day a goop day.